I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to Best on the Board, presented by BetMGM. It is Monday, June 13th, and totally forgive you, Michael Beller here, if you would have assumed yesterday at this time that there wouldn't be Game 5 of the NBA Finals on this Monday night, because sure seemed like to make a lot of sense like it would be Sunday night, but that was not the case. We are here on a Monday talking about Monday night Game 5 NBA Finals 2-2 back in the Bay after uh, just a ridiculous Steph Curry game. We've been waiting for the Steph game. Really, guys, I would say the whole playoffs, and we finally got it in Game 4 of the NBA Finals. Golden State even things up take things back home, and we are now looking at a best-of-three to crown the 2021-22 NBA champion. I said, guys, well, you know who it is with me. It's Dan Santaramita and Brandon Funston. Brandon Funston, man, I mean, what a game from Steph in Game 4 setting up this best-of-three run to uh, close things out here. Yeah, I kind of felt like, you know, after Game 3, it would have to be Steph. Like, how is how is Golden State going to do it? There's only... It, the plausible avenues and how Golden State gets back in this thing. I mean, everything just kind of felt like it led to we need to see vintage Steph, and we got uh, we got prime prime vintage Steph in that one. Absolutely. Yeah, we really did, and it was a sight to see. It was a whole lot of fun to watch, and I mean, just uh, series Dan has gone back and forth, um, just in terms of feeling like. Neither team is ever really going to get a leg up on the other team, and this is just going to be one of the teams wins four games, and if we played this exact same series two weeks from now, maybe the other team would win four games. It's just every time it feels like maybe one team is inching ahead and is like proving itself to be the slightly better team, the next team, the other team comes back and wins the next game. It's just crazy. I mean, this is Boston's playoffs in a nutshell since that first round. They've yeah. been very up and it's down, and, and just to Steph Curry, I, I think – I. Don't throw this around lightly as someone who grew up as a Bulls fan. I thought that was a pretty Jordan-esque performance from Steph in Game 4. Just because, not just the numbers and the output, but the way that he really had to carry the team. Because Jordan had that every so often. Now, they had a great supporting cast. I don't want to you know, sell some of those guys short. But he really had to drag this team into victory in that game. They were losing. Well, not by a lot, but they are losing most of the game. Mm -hmm. And he kept hitting big shots. Every time they needed a bucket, he had it. He made almost every big shot, I think. I mean, there were very few other big shots, I felt, uh, for Golden State that Curry wasn't making. And it was just, it was an incredible performance. Hard to believe this guy's never won a finals MVP when you see him (laughs) doing things like this and how many they've already won. Uh, you know, like we said uh, earlier in this uh, in this series, that it was it felt like it was if Golden State won, it was going to be Steph Curry as the MVP. Basically, no doubt. Basically, Super Bowl quarterback gets to be the MVP automatically these days. Uh, I, I said Game Four cemented that. I, I think no matter what happens the rest of the way, if it's two games, if it's three games, whatever it is, if it's Golden State, 
lifting the Larry O'Brien trophy at the end of this, it's going to be Steph lifting the MVP trophy as well because uh, it just uh, that that that's it. it. This has to be Steph's award if they end up winning it in Game Four. Definitely put a bow on that. Put a bow on the first four games of the series being tied at two to two. And so let's talk about Game Five here, you guys. Uh, three and a half. That's just going to be the number this series because that is yet again what the line is set at. I think we can safely say, unless there is a big injury to someone on either side, it's just going to be home team minus three and a half the rest of the way. That's what we're looking at here. Golden State, three and a half point favorites in this one. Two ten and a half, however, is the total. That's the lowest total we've seen. We've seen it now ranging from two ten and a half at the low end to two fifteen and a half at the high end. And you know, most games have been played somewhere in a window that uh, doesn't necessarily have us running away with the over or the under until things get very, very close to the end of the game. And, and guys, like I don't know what to do with this, to be perfectly honest, because like I just said, it feel like, like every time it seems like maybe we have a handle, maybe we think, oh, you know, Boston has figured out X, Golden State's able to come back. And then you think, ah, oh, maybe Golden State's figured out Y, Boston is able to come back. And I just, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'd be lying if I said that I was sitting here feeling great about either team uh, against the spread in game five. Funston, can you start leading us in any direction here? No, because in my mind, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like this, we've seen this with Boston, especially. Like the games don't go the way that the, the obvious signs seem to be pointing towards. Mm-hmm. And like, I almost feel like Boston winning Game Five and Golden State winning Game Six is almost just as likely as <laughs> as the flip. Which you know, obviously, the odds are going to be much more in favor of the other way. But like. I would I would say if Boston wins this one. I would guarantee Golden State's going to win the next one, and we're going to get a game seven. Mm-hmm. I think we're heading towards game seven, no matter what. Um, if I'm leaning here, I'm kind of with you. I I probably not playing this yeah. from from a you know a side or even a total. Um, but uh, I would lean Golden State. They got the momentum, and that you know I try to grasp onto that being a thing, and then you know the series will just take that away from me every time right. I start to think that. But that's where I would lean. I'm probably not playing it though. It's my lean too, but it's one that I just I, I can't possibly feel good about. Uh, I am. It is. It is what this game's going to tip off in nine hours or so from the moment that we are having this conversation. I'm not playing the side or the total. I'll probably play some props, but the side, the total, I'm staying away from. Dan, can you spice this up for us on a side or a total? Yeah, I, li- I like the Warriors a lot. I think uh, I'm going to play this okay. one as soon as we stop recording here. I, th- I think the Warriors. Home games looked good to me other than that three-point barrage in the fourth quarter of game one where I actually came away from game one more confident in Golden State and they delivered on that in game two and then game three shook my confidence and they delivered on it in game four. <laughs> but so, that, that's, that's, exa- that's it. That's exactly what we're talking about here. That's this series. <clears throat> I think at home, though, I think on the road, I would – who knows? I, I think Golden State, though, the, those two home games, they looked like the better team. Boston had to shoot – 50% or 51% from three with a ton of volume to win game one as a 15-point comeback. So I really think if we're going to look at that more objectively, I like Golden State as a home team in this series. Now, is it my favorite pick of these playoffs? No, but I, I think it's worth playing. Mm-hmm. I think the total is interesting because I'd been kind of messing around with the under in the first couple games, uh, and I think series-wide that has been the play, but... Mm-hmm. Two ten and a half, the drop, which we hadn't seen before. Uh, in fact, it had gone up after game one. Right. Seeing it drop below that starting level uh, kind of makes me want to back away from that one entirely. Um, but it's it's certainly interesting the way these numbers have been moving around. 
with we thought we knew everything and the market would be solidified and there's still some tweaks still some tweaks and i mean that's that's just uh indicative of the way that this uh that this series has gone and just you know indicative of the fact that this is just an evenly matched series these are two uh, obviously great teams i think we're seeing you know we pretty fairly we could call the two best teams in the league here and they're going back and forth and so i think it's just indicative of, of that and that it's just that each game you know, maybe when we look, maybe when this series ends in six or seven, we'll look back and say that there was this inflection point or that inflection point or this trend that was sort of hard to see in the moment, but emerged uh, when you look back over the entire body of the series. But uh, it just feels like we're too deep into it to really see any of those trends. Uh, let me put it this way. None of those trends has held, obviously, through four games. Even the way that, you know, Golden State has won there too and Boston has won there too, like even those have been different from one another. And so there's, it's hard for us to tr point to a trend, and that's obviously something we like to do in the gambling world. We like to be able to point to you know, this trend or that trend and say they've been able to do this, and if they can continue to do that, they should win this game. And we simply just haven't seen that over the four games of this series, and so that does make our job a little bit harder here. Dan, really the only one of us who wants to be putting anything down tonight on a side or a total. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, guys, the prop world is more inviting to at least me than the side and total world for Game 5 of this NBA Finals. Brandon Funston, we got to start with you, man. Steph Curry, 10.5 assists plus rebounds is minus 140 now. Can you still pay that price? <laughs> what do you have, 10, 10 rebounds in the last one? I'd be interested. Uh, honestly, I'm just going to go with a little bit more straightforward on the points. It's 30.5. It's minus 125. He's been over in three of four. It's obviously trending in a, in a very nice direction at the moment. Um, and also the five and a half threes he's been over in three of four, and that's mm -hmm. plus 110. So, like, this is – it's. It's Steph Curry's world right now for the for the Warriors. I mean, that's they're going to live or die by him, you know. And the yep. ball's going to be in his hands all the time. So I like that. I will continue to fade Draymond Green twenty one and a half on the PRA. He has not gone over this in this series. He has three games of uh, where it was four points, two points, and two points. He has one nine point game. Like they've, he's got too much else going on on the defensive side. I think for him to even be involved offensively. Um, it's just not a good world for him offensively, and he just hasn't been. He helped himself a little bit in the last game with the nine rebounds, and eight assists. He still didn't get there though, you know. Yep. And and so I'm going to fade on that. It's funny, just a quick aside on Draymond. I know plus minus is not a be all end all in basketball, but I just look at his plus minus all the time. It's always lower than the other starters. Like in this last one, he had a zero where Kevin Looney had a twenty one, and Steph had like twelve, and everybody else is like. Positive. I mean, they clearly looked like a better team in the, when he was, you know, sitting in, in right. the, what the whole like second half of the fourth quarter. He didn't see the floor, and they just looked like a better team. Like if you just looked at a plus minus number, you would say Draymond Green. They're not as good a team when he's out there. If that's uh -huh. if you believed in that number to that extent, but uh, it's just, to me, it's just helped validate my opinion on him. Just 
not having a great series and not being a, a you know a key cog in what's going on for their success right now. So I will fade him on the twenty one and a half PRA as well. So those are those are where I'm going. I like that. I like the uh, the, the Draymond fade. It certainly feels like. I mean, he's, he, if he's just if. It feels like he has to do it all. We talk about this often the other way, where we like, can a guy really get to this big PRA number with ninety percent of it coming from points? Well, he has to do it all with rebounds and assists, right. and that's just that's tough. That's hard to do. That's you know you're relying on external factors, no matter what, right? Rebounds got to come to you. You got to be positioning yourself for them. Assists, someone's got to be finishing what you do, and obviously Golden State is a fertile environment for that. But you are relying on someone else or something else at least guiding you in the right direction for that to be doing it. Points you've got a lot of control over. It's hard to get to that sort of number if you're not going to be really scoring the ball at all. And you know, maybe Draymond comes out with a 10-point effort and 8-point effort in this game, but we haven't seen any evidence of that being there for him in this series. So that's one that I, I certainly like that I hadn't yet circled around to. Dan, let's go to you, man. Any props you're looking at here? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the Draymond uh, points under for sure. <clears throat> the, the other one, though, uh, Funson, I wasn't sure. How, are you on board with Curry's points over? Because I'm, I'm really on the fence on that one. Well, he's, you know, his low, his floor is 29 so far in this series, and he was mm-hmm. over in the other three, and he's, what, 40 and 34 in his last two? Like, yep. um, so I am over on that. I, I always, you know, I, we've mentioned this before. When your floor is 29, which is so close to the number, like, you know, if he's had like a 22-point game or here or whatever where it gives you a pause, but he's been right at this number yeah. every game and over in three of them. So for me, that's why I'm kind of, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and continue to take the over on that. Yeah, I, I like that one too. It, it's a bit of a, I mean, it makes sense given what we've seen, but it's a bit of a bummer that it's been juiced up a point or two and the odds mm-hmm. are uh, only minus 125 for the over, but I still think it's probably a good play even at minus 125. That's yeah, was, one I like was, a lot. Uh, it was 28 and a half plus 100 last game. So yeah, which yeah, is, <laughs> things have changed. And yeah, <laughs> things have changed just a little bit there. Yeah, it's, um, it's not as enticing. No, it's it's certain it's not as enticing at all. Um, God, you know what? One that jumps out at me when I look through it, guys, is um, Al Horford. His points is just nine and a half, and he had that ridiculous twenty six uh, point game in game one, and he's gone. 2-11-8 in the three games <laughs> since. Obviously, 2-11-8 is more than norm for him than 26. But 9.5 doesn't really ask much, especially when, I mean, the the shot at, or the three-point attempts, especially, they they should be there for him. Uh, six three-point attempts in game four, eight in that game one explosion for 26 points. So you combine those two things, and 9.5 really doesn't ask you that much to do with him. So I look at that as something that I find intriguing. I find Al Horford over one and a half threes intriguing because you get a plus 115. And I'm going to go back to the Marcus Smartwell also. He was uh, plus 110, I want to say. Maybe it was 105 in game four to go over two and a half threes. He hit three out of nine, and that was I was basing it more on the nine than anything. Made three. We're right back in the exact same boat. Over two and a half threes for Marcus Smart, plus 105. The attempts are going to be there. He's not. If he gets nine attempts, I'm not sitting here with any illusions that he's going to make five of them. But if he gets nine attempts, I think he can make three. If he gets eight attempts, I think he can make three. And that's been there for him consistently, not only in this series, but really in the entire playoffs. Uh, you know, when you're when you're looking at what Jason Tatum can do, when you're looking at what Jalen Brown can do, you know, most defenses are going to be content, understandably so, to live with Marcus Smart firing up eight threes. And so if he gets that many attempts at it. 
I like my chances of him making three, especially at a plus 105 price. So I'm going back there, you guys. I like Marcus Smart to go over two and a half threes. Or I like the bet of Marcus Smart to go over two and a half threes at plus 105. <laughs> Maybe he doesn't. <laughs> I, I feel at least comfortable that the uh, the, the volume of shot attempts is going to give him a good opportunity to do so. How about Jason Tatum? I feel like his his finals has been the most fascinating of anyone in the series. Maybe not from a betting perspective, but there's been value there if you were fading him, I guess. Uh, but I, I mean, the guy's you know eight for twenty three in Game Four. This is continuing the trend of him just not being efficient. He had six turnovers. What's going on with Jason Tatum? Is he not the guy we thought he was in that Milwaukee series, or what's no, going he's on? Just, it's the, sh- the shoulder, lat, whatever yeah. it is, has got to be playing some sort of role in this. And then Golden State's defense is Golden State's defense. But I, I think, like, he- here's what's here's what's killer about Jason Tatum and, and the points proper. So it's at twenty seven and a half in this game, um, minus one hundred five for the over, minus one twenty five for the under. He has he is enduring one of the worst shooting stretches probably of his entire life of playing basketball right now in this series. 3 of 17, 8 of 19, 9 of 23, 8 of 23. And yet, last three games, 28, 26, 23 points. So one, he's just over the 27 and a half. One, he's just under. And then you know, game four, he needs a couple more buckets to get there. But if he's going to be putting up 23 field goal attempts... Like, he doesn't need to be that efficient. Five of six from the line, three of five from the line. You can pretty much count on him getting to the line you know, six, six and a half times if we're, you know, extrapolating it out. Like, he doesn't need to be that efficient. So you could be, you could be like, right about Tatum and uh, the injury and how good Golden State's playing, but still have a losing bet because he's going to put up 20-plus shots and he's going to get to the line six times. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to figure out on the fly what is uh... – finals shooting percentage is but like if i got you yeah it is 34 percent. yeah i figure it was low 30 like you know is a fine i mean that just you know it's going to come down to if boston wins this thing it would be like if they give him the mvp it would be like giving like the the pitcher that won 20 games one year with a four something era the the cy young you know just like call out rick porcello by name <laughs> Exactly. There you go. You know you want to do it. That that is it. It's like the is are gonna, people going to be allured by the shiny point total number that we're so so inefficient? Like it's just points back to your Jalen Brown baby. He'd have to be the yeah. guy. I mean that would make right? the most sense. <laughs> uh, I so Dan, were you just like bringing Jalen Brown up as a discussion point, or do you have a play on it? I don't have a no. I'm not playing Tatum or Br- I think Brown's been his line's been pretty solid around where he's been yeah. too. Tatum is just too weird. I, I think it's fascinating because if you've been bold enough to play the under, you've been rewarded most of the series. I just I, I don't under, I don't feel comfortable enough doing it. A guy's getting that kind of shot volume, and I, I just very confused Same. by it. I don't know if I, I maybe the injury explains it more than I'm giving it credit for, but yeah, it's been a very bizarre series, and it will be a very interesting Finals MVP award because, like I, we talked about it before Game Four. Even if Tatum continues to play like this, if he has a big shot in game six or seven to clinch it or something, then he probably wins it anyway. So who knows? Could I'll put myself could go just, ahead, I just wanted to throw something out. Could a a dramatic loss by the Warriors in game seven where Curry <laughs> has another forty plus game, could we see a losing team finals MVP? Was that was that is that even conceivable? Yeah, 
This is certainly I the blueprint so. for it. Yeah. This yeah, we're getting the exactly. We're getting the, and even like even when you don't consider the the Steph MVP narrative, we're getting the <laughs> we're, we're like the blueprint has already been in place, right? You know, like if uh, if I don't know if 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 uh, if they called it today and they said up oh, no more uh, no more NBA Finals, we're uh, we're awarding the championship to Boston. Who's the Finals MVP on Boston side? Like, there's no obvious. I I I I'm I know I'm biased because of what I've been talking about here. I would think it would be Jalen Brown but it's not like that it's a slam dunk case right yeah there's there's nothing there's nothing there so like yeah if we get like if Steph has if Boston happens to win two of the next three but Steph just plays out of his mind and Boston still you know carries around in the same trajectory yeah, we get, on, we get like, like a huge Marcus Smart and a huge yeah Al right Horford or like game. A Derek White another yeah yeah another Horford game a Derek White game and you still have an inefficient uh, Jason Tatum and like a good but not overwhelmingly great Jalen Brown which is what he's basically been so far in this finals like yeah I, I think at least as we sit here with three games perhaps remaining in this series that possibility is very, very much on the table of a Boston win and a Steph MVP. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. That's the kind of thing that would make me go, hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a possibility. Uh, I'll put myself on the record as being on Jalen Brown over 23 and a half points in this game um, for all the reasons we've talked about um, in terms of you know Jason Tatum being uh, inefficient and in terms of shot volume being there for the other Boston players and then Jalen Brown – 24-17, 27-21. He's been right at it. Uh, that 17-point effort was a, just a wildly inefficient game from him. 5 of 17 from the floor. Just, I mean, you have to go back. You have to go way, way back to find a game where he was that inefficient at any point this season. I mean, I'm, I'm scrolling back through the game logs. Uh, he went over. He went 4 for 17 against Denver on February 11th. Uh, um, and that is the... Yeah, he had one of... Uh, Three for eleven against Philly on December first. I mean, that's and that's it. Those are the only other games where he was that inefficient all season long. That was a lifetime so, ago. Yeah, exactly. So like, and and he still was you know not super far off. It's not like he was a oh I, he scored three points. So I can get on board with Jalen Brown over twenty three and a half points in this one. For what it's worth, Steph Curry um, minus one forty five to be the Finals MVP as we sit here at this point two two going into game five and if you want to really get i mean if you want to get after it if you want to if you want to buy into someone on boston you've got now jason tatum's plus one like who's betting jason tatum plus 185 right <laughs> i think right now don't you think jalen brown's out ahead of him he's plus 700 he's not so what was jane what was jason tatum so plus 185 oh it's I would say right now Jalen Brown has a better case. So I like would, I would agree with you. Take those odds all day. Yeah, well, at least they've converged since the last time we talked about uh, finals futures odds. You know, we were what was that before game three that the three of us talked about that, and uh, and Tatum was plus one sixty, and Brown was like plus a thousand still. So they have come a little closer, but you still have Brown way out behind him, up uh, at seven to one versus the one eighty five for Tatum and Curry MVP. MVP. Oh, and Curry yeah, MVP is still slightly better odds than Warriors to win, which was what I talked about before Game Four. Yeah, yeah. still slight. It's one forty-five, one minus one fifty. Not uh-huh. a big difference, but can you imagine Golden State winning without Curry getting MVP? I feel like it's a, there's, a there's lock now. No way. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Steph or uh, Clay would have to score like a hundred points over the next <laughs> like two games. Forget about three games. Yeah, Steph Clay would have to have like back-to-back fifty-point games, and the Warriors win in six. 
And he's the only one positioned there. You know, like he's it's only Clay that can do it. He's so far behind right now. The next, the next warrior. So just just for the just for the hell of it, right? You see, step the overwhelming favorite at minus one forty five. Then you've got uh, four Celtics in a row: Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Al Horford. With the odds, you know, going down as you could expect. And then you've got Andrew Wiggins plus fifteen thousand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as the next warrior on the board for MVP odds. So I mean that that tells you all you need to know. It is Curry, or it is someone on the Celtics who's yep. winning the MVP. And the Curry, the Curry win in a Celtics victory is definitely on the table as well. So just a ridiculous game four performance for Steph Curry that basically locked things up for him in that way. And it got us locked into this 2-2 deadlock as we look into game five taking place on Monday night. Someone's going to take uh, some sort of control of this series in game five just a few hours until we find out who that is. Thanks so much for being with us on this episode of Best on the Board. For Dan and Funston, I am Michael Beller. Good luck. Happy betting. We've got at least one more of these NBA episodes coming to you later this week. Talk to you soon. See you.